0: Hello, I'm Dr. Annaline Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, we're going to focus on dental records. And I suppose an easy one to start with then, Kieran, what are dental records?
1: Well, Dental records are all the records or documents that are created and gathered in the process of caring for a patient. This can include the written notes, intraoral or extraoral photos, any radiographs, study models, and referrals and reports between you and the other clinicians. Nowadays, records are mostly made digitally, which means they're typed up on a computer with digital x-rays and digital photos being used. However, we do still see handwritten notes in some cases.
0: Why do we need to keep records, Karen?
1: Keeping detailed and accurate records allows for the ongoing care of a patient, either by you or by another clinician. Dental records are also used for forensic investigations. I recently helped members with complaints that were made to ARPRA about treatment provided 23 years ago, and without the records, there's absolutely no way we would have been able to help the members answer the questions put to them. Luckily, ARPRA recognized that complaints made so long ago after the event cannot be fairly assessed, and so the matter was dismissed early. Section 8.4 of the Code of Conduct by the Dental Board of Australia also details the importance of maintaining clear and accurate healthcare records.
0: So the question we get asked a lot then, Kieran, is aren't those records just for me though? So I know what treatment I've provided and what I'm going to do next. Why are the dental board interested in them?
1: Annalene, the position that dental records hold has been shifting over time to be about belonging to the patient rather than belonging to the practitioner. This has most recently been influenced by some legislation changes in Australia. The Privacy Amendment, Private Sector Act, an extension of the scope and operation of the Privacy Act 1998, established minimum national standards of privacy practice in the private healthcare sector and changed the way in which all members of the dental team must view the issue of clinical records. The impact was quite fundamental for dentistry, because prior to this, it had been a well-established principle in Australia, supported by a succession of case law up to and including a high court decision in the case of Breen v. Williams, that healthcare providers had no obligation to supply patients with copies of their medical or dental records. This evolution of the privacy legislation has almost certainly influenced the dental board and the profession's attitude to clinical record keeping. As for many, a patient's record had previously been looked upon as being a convenient notepad of dates, treatments, and fees charged and received. The fact that most practices refer to clinical records as the patient notes is quite revealing because that's essentially what so many records had been, little more than a convenient aid memoir for the clinician, often full of idiosyncratic shorthand and indecipherable text. Usually but not always these coded notes meant something to the author but if the patient came to see another practitioner at the practice then he or she may have had great difficulty in understanding the details of the patient's previous treatment. The new legislation has given the patient a statutory right to access their records. They have a right to inspect them whether held in paper form or electronically and if they request it, they must be provided with copies of the records and x-rays and or printouts of any records which are held digitally. They also have the right to ask for their personal details to be corrected if they believe it to be inaccurate, out-of-date, misleading, irrelevant or incomplete.
0: So how can I record my consultation with a patient?
1: There's loads of ways to record your consultation with evidence that you provided the patient with sufficient information to make an informed decision. You should record the consultation in writing, making notes of any information leaflets that you've provided the patient, any x-rays or radiographic images, and importantly, your findings from these images. It's important to remember that the records need to be in a visual medium, so voice memos recorded on a patient records is not acceptable in Australia.
0: What sort of information needs to be included in records?
1: The records should be up-to-date, accurate and factually correct. There's a lot of information that should be recorded, including the patient's presenting complaint, your clinical findings and any special tests and findings from those, what your diagnosis was, and any discussions that you've had with a patient regarding the treatment options, any risks and benefits, and importantly, specific questions that a patient may have asked you about or information they have told you, such as an upcoming wedding, for example, or difficulties getting to a dentist due to work or financial pressures. Along with this, you should also include details of the treatment that you actually provide, including any complications you encountered.
0: Why do we need to include things about the discussion with our patients?
1: It's important to show that you've had a discussion with the patient about the treatment and options provided, as this shows that you've given the patient information, taken on board their considerations, and gained appropriate consent for treatment. A generic signed form will not in any way show that you have discussed with the patient what their options are and the pros and cons of each. And the same goes for a written consent form.
0: So following on from that, Kieran, you mentioned consent forms. Do I need to obtain written consent for all dental procedures?
1: The short answer, Annalene, no. In some instances, it's entirely appropriate for a patient to consent to treatment verbally or by simply being present for an exam, for example. Asking a patient to sign a piece of paper just before you embark on treatment with them may not be appropriate. And many times we've seen patients coming back to our members after something has gone wrong. The member will say to the patient, well, we discussed this and you signed the consent form. But the patient may say, I didn't know what I was signing. I didn't understand it. You said you couldn't provide the treatment until I signed it, so I signed it. Generic consent forms hold less weight compared to a personalized, detailed records that you create for your patients. An example that I use when talking to other clinicians about this is when you agree to the terms and conditions of a website or for a software update on your phone. The most important thing to record with regards to consent is the actual discussion that took place between you and the patient.
0: You mentioned that the patients have got the right to access their records. So how can a patient request their records?
1: Well, In accordance with the Australian Privacy Principles, the patient has the right to access the records that have been created in the process of their treatment. The patient can request their records verbally or in writing, or they can ask you to send them to another clinician. You should send a copy of the records to the patient while keeping the originals with you. According to the Privacy Act, you have 30 days to release the records, but we'd advise not leaving it until the last minute to do so. And you can also charge for your or your staff's time in sending the records to a patient or to another practice.
0: You can, but of course that needs to be an appropriate charge for the time spent. So how long, Kieran then, do I need to retain records for?
1: Well, Annie, as you know, ideally the answer would be forever. And it's much easier to do that now that most records are in a digital format. Now, different states have legislated on the retention of records and generally the legislation is that records should be kept for seven years for an adult and seven years from the age of majority for a child i.e. up to the age of 25 for a child
0: now i know the dental board of australia changed its guidance in october 2020 and have released a self-reflective tool what do you think of this kieran
1: I personally think the self-reflective tool is really useful. It's been designed for you to think about the quality of the records you create and discuss them with other members of your team who may also be involved in record keeping. And by thinking about the different aspects of the records, the intention is that you will help clinicians identify any gaps in their knowledge, skills and systems.
0: Thank you for that helpful guidance, Kieran. And I think it's a good opportunity to reiterate what you said, that we do also have other resources available to help our members on PRISM. And thank you all for listening. We do hope this podcast was helpful to you and we look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.